Hey, this is John Reap from the Country-ish Podcast on the All Things Comedy Network. No sports? No problem. My bookie offers the latest and most popular sport game titles and state-of-the-art software. No need to leave the comfort of your home. It's all at your fingertips. Featuring a truly flawless live casino, complete with professional dealers, as well as a large selection of classic and progressive slots games, plus the greatest selection of video poker variants. They really do offer something for everyone. Take advantage of their daily promotions for the casino, which includes bonuses, cash backs, raffles, free chips, and free spins for you to increase your chances of winning every single day. Also, you can put your skills to the test in their latest free blackjack and slots tournaments, which includes a free 10K prize pool blackjack tournament. Stuck at home? Don't even sweat it. They got you covered. Join now and start winning big today. Sick and tired of getting the runaround when you ask for a payout? My bookie pays fast when you win. With decades of experience, great customer service, and hassle-free transactions, why would you bet anywhere else? Visit mybookie.ag and use the promo code ATCCASINO for a 150% bonus on your first deposit. Bet with the biggest, win with the best, only at my bookie. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know. All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer. Tell me what you're going to do to me. Confrontation ain't nothing new to me. You could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and Scissor. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Don't try to run, don't try to hide. So one night we were doing a show like a Taste of Texas, whatever, and he was on stage and uh, Rudy gave him the light. He got off and there was like this, like a green room, for lack of a better term. He went back. I was back there. He went off. Bro. He got all emotional on Rudy. He goes, you gave me the light. He goes, you gave me. He goes, you know what the light means? He goes, get, what is it? he goes, you know what the red light means? Get the fuck off the stage. You fucking suck. That's what that means. And Rudy goes, it was time for you to get off. And he was, dude, he got emotional crying. He goes, I get no respect, no awareness. Like, and then I said, I was trying to placate him. And he goes, yeah, yeah, whatever, brother. To me, he was like, <laughs> and I never saw that cat again, bro. I never see he had an emotional breakdown. Whatever, brother. Like five years ago. Wow. Dude, he started crying and Rudy was hugging him and he no just, mom. he had like a breakdown, bro. And I tried to like, but he told me. Uh, he was headlining? No, he had just gone up early. And he, I go, I go, bro, I go, bro, everything's, he goes, yeah, right. Brother, went like that to me, you <laughs> know. Out, <laughs> I, but I had no. I was just sitting. It was, I wasn't even on after him, so it wasn't like I bumped him. Nobody bumped him. It was just time to get off stage. That fool bumped himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
What's up, fool? Felipe Esparza, right here. We're here at the new All Things Comedy Studio on Raleigh and Melrose, if you want to come over here and rob the place. We're right here on, and Melrose, right here on Clinton, where we're Joy Medina, Ralphie May, Sheila Rivera, Alec Ramundo, Joe Diaz used to live in one apartment, man. Talk about Pata Central. <laughs> yeah, man, so we're doing a fundraiser at All Things Comedy to raise money for to get new tools and new equipment, better sound, so it won't sound like we're doing a podcast out of a CB radio. All Things Comedy is a podcast network started by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal. The money goes to help them upgrade the equipment in the studio we all use for our podcast, not just mine. It would also help us be able to video podcast soon, too. So go to um, tubestart.com and buy a sticker, a mug, a shirt, whatever, and that will help or just make a donation, five bucks, ten dollars, whatever you want, man. We're bringing you quality shows for nothing, goddammit. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man, you cheap bastards. People always ask different questions, like, like you, bro. Like, people hit you up, bro, and they complain because they tell you, oh, Rodrigo, I love you on the podcast. And now you give them with a little muscle, a little arm. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they, I can't hug you can them respond them, bro. They want you to respond and say, hey, man, thank you, man. They want to hear a yeah, man, or something. Give them a little sonic. Give them a little hundred. Oh, this piece of shit just gave me a hundred. I'm at work know. right here messaging this bastard. A <laughs> hundred out of a hundred. Well, with that being said, I'm going to give you guys more characters now. Full sentences. <laughs> with a little exp- explanation at the exclamation mark at the end. Pow! Give them a kiss, something, man. A little... People want more. They want a paragraph. They want everything. Go eat dinner at their house. It's like, dick. what if the house has roaches? Yeah, there? we did a show. We did a show at, at Tommy T's, and one of the fans there they wanted to be a, like a, I don't know what they call that, like huespedes in Spanish, inquilinos. Like, they wanted to be like a foster home for the comedians. Like, no, Tommy T's, don't rent that cheap condo. Just to have people stay at our house. How crazy would that be, man? Dude, I don't even Come on, bro. Get like up. That. I got to do radio, dog. I got morning wood, bro. <laughs> <laughs> don't point that thing. Tell your wife to make me a quesadilla, bro. <laughs> Ass beatings in... Uh... Yeah, bro, I had a callback this week, man. First callback all year. Hell yeah. Weak-ass pound, but it's all good. <laughs> it's funny, man. You, you give somebody the high five and they give you a fist. It's like, we're not ready for a, a handshake or something. <laughs> or, man, sometimes you give people a high five and it's a weak high five. Like, you almost bend their fingers back. The, the dead hand one? The dead hand one, yeah. I had whatever. a fused arm. That's the, that's, the, that's the high five you give one of your brothers at church. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, didn't the think, Lord. I didn't think you were going to be here with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, what were we talking about? Um, damn, I'm stoned. No, I'm not. Um, oh, yeah, we were at Tommy T's. We were at Tommy T's last week with Tommy T. Um, Birdman showed up. Oh, my God. We got a crazy story. <laughs> Uh, about Birdman's friend. Birdman's friend showed up, okay? He's a guy that, man, he looked like W.C. Fields, the Mexican version. Like, he had the tightest derby hat I have ever seen on a, on a human being. He looked like Clemenza. 
in part of Godfather 2. He kind of had that head like the sloth from Goonies, though, too, dog, and the little ears. Yeah, so we're having a good time, and um, this guy starts talking, and he tells us, hey, we ask him, where you from, man? I'm from Oklahoma, like this Mexican guy, a small town in Oklahoma. I've never heard of the town. And he tells me, like, he's buzzed, too, man, and he starts... And he has to be bird man with these type of stories. This guy said that his last name is, his last name is De Leon. I don't know his first name, and he's from Oklahoma. And he said that his kid, his little brother's friends, knew their last name was De Leon, and they were a crazy family because I guess one of the cousins was a bank robber. And it he came out in the paper and it shit. Came out in the paper, the De Leon, De Leon family of Oklahoma. So he said that these white kids started a band and they called it Kings of Leon. <laughs> in response to their name, bullshit. Are you serious? Dog. Like, we just, we were just like listening to him. Like, nobody said you're bullshitting. Because we were just, we just dumbfounded with that story, man. And I knew he was full of shit when he told Birdman to drive his Beamer home. <laughs> well, no license. I'll no license. <laughs> yeah, but he said, yeah, man, these fucking widows, they took our name, homes, and they made a fucking band, homes, and they called it the Kings of Leons. But we're the Leons. <laughs> I haven't heard such a bullshit story ever, dog. <laughs> Never on an interview have they said that shit. It was pro- it's probably true, bro. He, he has no um, proof. Remember, you asked him, so what, what did you tell them? And he's all, hey, you guys took it from us. You guys took it from our name. Ha, ha I'm going to sue you. Click. <laughs> and you hang up on him, dude? What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my. <clears throat> Kings of Leon was started by a, a, a Mexican family in Oklahoma called De Leon. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So what's up, fool, man? You getting ready for the wedding, dog, or what the? F- <laughs> <laughs> this fool, hell yeah, dude. You getting you a know? bachelor party ready, man? Because I, I saw we, we've been Armando Cosio been talking about. <laughs> yeah, man. You gotta have a bachelor party. <laughs> hey, man, have fun with lollipops, eh? <laughs> hey, Armando had fun, now huh? Tommy T. <laughs> Shit, that fool didn't want to go home. Man. Hey, you don't think we can go back, eh? <laughs> he goes, Let's take the one home. <laughs> the long way home. Yeah, man, Tommy T was there, man, the whole family was there, his son. It's funny when Tommy T asked his son right in front of me, hey, Felipe, you think my son is ready to ready to take on the, the reins of this comedy club? And, like, I said, I don't know, man. <laughs> Left it hanging on. I don't know. But he had it's that face club. like he was ready, huh? I don't think Tommy's going to let go of Tommy T's, man. How can you let go of your baby? Hell no. And then, like, he had this big old thug working there now. Dude. Man, there was a lot of, there was a lot of cholos, huh? That fool looked like he showed up with the King of Leon, dog. Then Chris Thorne was gonna get killed at the Sunday show. <laughs> <laughs> you want some fitness, bro? <laughs> Chris Thorne is the host, and he's doing this joke about where's all the Giants fans? Then all of a sudden, Giants suck. Like, dude, they just won the World Series, bro. Let it, let it sink in for a minute. You know, I'm a Dodger fan, but I would never say the Giants suck, especially in the Bay Area. Oh, right there, 20 minutes from the stadium. And this fat chick kept heckling him, like, you suck. The A's suck. Your whole family suck. Your whole act sucks. And then he told the girl, you should try some fitness. And then she goes, what? Fitness dick in your mouth. 
And everybody laughed, man. But man, it went downhill after that. <laughs> the son and the the dad, huh? And, beat him up. And I didn't, I didn't watch this happen. Like the whole thing go down. So he's telling me backstage. So I'm thinking, okay, so the crowd is crazy. So I went over there thinking that the crowd is pissed off at him, and they weren't really pissed off at him. I went in there like all late. Are you guys mad or something? But they were not mad at anything. Nah, nah, they were cool, dude. I think it just got blown out of proportion because the little guy thought he was going to get fucking swung on, dog. And then Tommy Teeth tells those guys, yeah, it was all his fault. <laughs> now come back in here and buy some drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were, gonna, they were scared. They were mad, man. There was a lot of Indian people at the show. A grip too. like sings. Uh, we saw sings. we saw this girl heckling me. Well, she didn't heckle, but she was just loud. And I thought she was like a Mexican dark chick married to a Mexican dark guy, but now nah, she was an Indian chick, Priya or Priya Lopez. No, she was just. She told me she was super excited to see you in person. That's why. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> all excited, eh? She was all excited. Eh? She showed up in a curry. <laughs> all right, people. All right, people, um, little plugs real quick. Next week, I'll be in Florida, Fort Myers, Off the Hook Comedy Club, the place where people go there to eat fish and not watch comedy. Now, nah, man, they have lobsters. They have all kinds of fish there. It's a good place to go. It's, it's new. It just opened. December 19, I'll be at Honolulu. Doing a good show there, Honolulu. I'll just be there with an opener guy from Honolulu, and I'll be there in Honolulu December 19 on my brother's birthday. December 26th to 31st, I'll be in Reno, Nevada at the Pioneer Underground. Go to felipesworld.com for all the tickets, information. Unless I remember other things to talk about, I'm going to be on the Platanito show again, the Spanish show where that pays in cash, and hopefully they won't drop. Something stupid on me, like a, a pack of wolves or rats or fungus on me. Didn't they throw scorpions on you? They last threw time? scorpions on my head, dude. Yeah. They threw scorpions on my head, and I, this tomorrow I think they're gonna. It's, it's funny, like Platanito. If you guys don't watch this show, it's on Estrella TV. It's like Jay Leno if he if he puts on clown makeup <laughs> and. He has these crazy shows, man. And, like, this is one show where these girls are getting dressed and he's walking around with a long mirror looking under, bro. <laughs> Shit, I'll be walking with a big-ass mirror, too, dog. I know you Those will. chicks are hot, dog. You do it now. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So that's what's going down. So what's up, fool? Right here with Rodrigo Torres. Chilling, dog. Getting ready to pop it off, dude. We have a comedy friend here that we go way back, people, our guest right now. you guys, If you guys want to go old school, man, this guy goes all the way back from my Ken Locos days. Even before that, man, when he was on, he was one of the few guys that was on Culture Clash like three times. I know it because I used to hang around with guys. I used to get upset that he was on it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this guy had development deals and um, all around good guy. And I'll tell you a story man, about this guy. I was hanging around with Willie Barcena and Gabriel Iglesias back in the days. And I remember Willie Barcena, he was pretty buzzed, and he cornered Gabriel Iglesias in his house. Hey, bro, who's your favorite comedian, dog? Who you look up to? And this fool said, Carlos Oscar. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> <laughs> you fucking serious, bro? I've been feeding you all day, dog. Ah, damn, I give you a dog. place, a couch to lay your head. 
<laughs> but now, man, he was he said Carlos Oscar because you know. Gabriel Iglesias is not a comedian like myself, you know. He's not a comedian like Willie Barcena. He's a comedian, man, that grew up watching sitcoms and appreciating good humor, which is why he liked Carlos Oscar, because his, his shows, man, don't really offend anybody unless you're a Puerto Rican mom. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good guy. And um, I remember, bro, this guy, we were on the Que Locos tour. This guy knows boxing. Only one time he tried to punch Mike Robles, bro. He missed. <laughs> I got him. Oh, you got him? You He's fucking a, liars. I got him. They told us you missed, bro. Uh, uh. Instigators. <laughs> Bobby Bites was all lying, huh? All lying, bro. He didn't get me. Was, he didn't get me. Uh, they lied. They lied, dog. Uh, they lied, bro. They lied. Well, anyways, people, without further ado, very funny comedian from New York and the Valley of San Fernando, mm. Carlos Oscar, ladies and gentlemen. What's happening? Hey. By the way, I, forgive me for being late. Uh, I was I was uh, uh, binge watching Cristela, catching up, bro. So you know, I couldn't I couldn't get away, bro. I lost track of time. I told you we were gonna drop it like I I lost track of time, bro. Oh, he watched it on Hulu, man. It was riveting. He watched it on Hulu, man. So mention the church of what's happening again. Two weeks free. <laughs> that Mike Robles story is funny. I showed up. To 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 do uh, to host the Que Locos at the Ice House. Right. I showed up, and my boy Eddie Pags, who was a professional prize fighter uh, back in the day, was with me. But he wasn't there to like beat him up or nothing like that. He was just with me, just going to the show. So I said, "Yo, um, some comics had. Yo, I'm gonna make it clear. Some comics had come up to say, hey, man, can you have Mike like pay me for the set I did back in the day?'" I go, "Yeah, I'll tell him." So I mean. I said, hey, man, I'm just letting you know some comments are like, and he goes, I never cheated nobody, man. I go, dude, I'm just, and so he got up in my face. I got up in his face. Then he, he pushed, he, he pushed me down. So he was on, on top of me. I did, and this is, this is before MMA, bro. So, um, <laughs> I put my, Bob Fisher put in couches. So, so he was on top. He was on top. Right. And so, uh, he actually swung first. I, my hands were by my side. He swung and I, and I, and I already know from when I used to box, you can't, when well, your hands are down, you're going to get hit. So all you could do is drop your knees. So I, I, I bent my legs so he didn't really hit me. And then so he fell on top of me. So he was on top of me in that, what's it called? Like, he was like, so I put my head like real close to his chest because there's no way he could hit me in the face. He could only hit the back of me. So as they were pulling him off me, I freaking stuck a nice shot in his eye. Then I kicked him right in the freaking chest like a that that thump sound thump, and then uh, he sat there. He goes, "Cheap shot, cheap shot," <laughs> and I was like, "This is not this is not the mark of the Queensberry rules. We're on the street, you know." <laughs> so I never talked to him after that. But um, no, it was a che- it was actually he he's the one that. And say, you can't get two Puerto Ricans fired up and nothing. Well, that's gonna what happen. I was gonna go to. Okay, what's up? I'm gonna kick this Puerto Rican's ass. Yeah, so it was gonna it was gonna go down, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, you know he's where he is, and that's okay. <laughs> no, the way I, see, I wasn't there, man, and I'm yeah. and when I heard, I think I don't know if it was Gabriel Iglesias because I know he wasn't there either, and. Um, they were talking about it, and I said, yeah, no, and somebody said, yeah, Carlos Oscar tried to cheap shut that fool and miss. Oh, my God. And I said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Carlos Oscar talks about boxing all the time, and he can't he take no. that punch, right? <laughs> but I'm glad you said, said it straight. Said it man. straight, yeah. He actually, yeah. but he, if I didn't. Because you do know how to box. Yeah, if I didn't, you know, like if I didn't bend my my legs, he probably would have, oh, my goodness. Because I had my hands down. There's no way you can 
react that quick if your hands are by your side to when you, somebody's going to. You, you can only bend your legs. That's it. That's all you can do is duck. That's yep. a good move, man, to put your head on his chest and he can't. Yeah, yeah, he face. could hit my face. Because I was on the ground, you see? So I was like this. So I was like, pulling him away. I got up and I got a really nice shot in. And you see, if you see that episode, his eye is all puffed out. <laughs> if you see that, I'm serious. I'm not making that up. Watch this. Yeah, you got to look go back. That shit, dude. Yeah, he was. You there. were hosting. I was. He called me back to host it because remember, uh, I I think he hosted it first. Then I hosted it. We took turns, right? Like yes. other people did. Then, uh, um, then. George Lopez hosted it, but then George couldn't do those, so he called me to host those. So I was just going back to, I was doing him the favor. Right. You know? I remember you were hosting, man, and I was doing warm-ups, 300 bucks all day. So I was doing warm-ups, right? And then now on the way, you were, you were killing it. You did a good job hosting. You hosted your ass off, and it was a good show. And um, I remember on the way home, my girlfriend at the time, right, she kept saying, oh, Carlos, Carlos Oscar so funny, right? And I get t- got tired of saying that. And I said, you know what, bitch? Just drop me off right here, man. I'm going to walk home. So I was like mad, right? Because I was telling her, you know what, bitch? I was fucking doing warm-ups all night. Getting ready. Getting the, co- the, 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 competitive. He's too competitive. Getting the crowd pumped up to get the crowd going. Did a set. And you said that guy was funny. And I said, you didn't appreciate what I did. You could have said he was funny and I was funny. You just drop me off right here. And she dropped me off and I took off. With the ugly shit with big tits. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crying at her boobs. <laughs> and she said to you, You know that Carlos Saka guy? You too? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. He can't even do a cheap shot. <laughs> <laughs> he can't even get a clean, cheap, cheap shot in, man. I thought it was worth cheap, but it was, it was a tit for tat on that one because, uh, you know, like I said, he, he, he threw the first shot. But no, it was no big deal. But I've never had, I think once. <sighs> I think I was doing a show with Willie back in the day in South Central, and somebody—I don't know what it was. You know what? The, it was at the, the Comedy the, Act Theater. It was at the Comedy Act Theater, and uh, I think Willie wanted to go on, and some other comics got. So it was. I came up with yo. Is there a problem, yo? And it's like Willie's like. He told me he goes, dude. You know, like you could have like it could have been a big deal. You started. I go. Well, they were giving you grief, so I was. He goes, he goes, yeah, bro, but these guys are crazy. Like he, he thought I'd step the boundary. Like we could have been in some trouble doing that. But I was, I guess, I was always used to. It. My dad was very violent, so I was, and my uncle. So to me, being around a real violent world never, never phased me, because I was. My uncles were collectors for the mobs. Okay. So they. Uh, it was killed or be killed in a sense. Well, you know, they were collectors. In the movies, they never show that. They, well, the Puerto Ricans are the ones collecting the money, you know. Puerto Ricans <laughs> and black guys collect the money. And so... Uh, deliver it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so I always grew up around... So I never really get a little... I never get jolted in those situations. Yeah, so. you always seem like a very peaceful dude when that Mike Robas thing happened. I was like, damn, this fool's throwing blows now? What's the world coming uh, to? <laughs> <laughs> the only other time I got upset was like a year ago or two years ago. Er, we were doing some show in Arizona and Ernie G... It was supposed to be. It was being taped. Come on, bro. And Ernie G was supposed to do like ten minutes. He's hosting, so Ernie's supposed to. You can do your seven to ten. Let's get it popping. 
It's like 25 minutes in, bro. He's still on stage opening at 25. And I said, I was like losing it with him, bro, when he got off stage. And and uh, that's the only time I ever, ever like told the comics. I was like, because we were, if we weren't filming, I don't really care. But if it's supposed to, I go, dude, don't you know this is being filmed? Now you're going to, they got to edit that 25 minutes down to five. I go, do you understand? You just put this whole thing in jeopardy because, you know, the the, the, the smooth factor, the live factor of I it. I don't understand, bro. <laughs> That's the only big old Latino with a big butt, huh? Gross. Uh, <laughs> Ernie's uh he's a trip, man. He's a tri- he's a he's a he's a hustler though. He's a hustler, but I you know, I he's He's like uh, those. They're, they're stuck in that time frame, you know. They're still really into that Latinoism. Like, let it go, yo. Like, sacabo. Like ese tiempo for the Latino nights. That's over, dog. You know, you go oh, Latino night. That's done, people. It's moving on, me? moving on, bro. That was important when none of us would get on stage. You know, like late nineties or whatever. But now. You know, it's a different world, and now, now we just pigeonhole our pigeonhole yourself to say you're doing this Latino night. Now you're screwed because now you're like you're only thought of as a Latino comic, and so that's why. I, not that I don't do like I did some big thing for the the Latino science scientists of America, uh, but these are all you know PhDs, and these are all professionals. I can see in that sense, but I, I just think that it's precarious to keep on pushing those nights because in the club's heads, like, well, you can do a Monday night or you can do that night. You know, it's just a fact. Look, I'm going to be real. I don't care because I've been in the game a long time. So, you know, what I'm saying. But when that they named that whole thing that refried fry, I thought that was the stupidest. I still think it's a stupid Tell them, name. Dog. Me too. Refried. Fry, what are you? What are you? An idiot? It's stupid. And like, you're just you're just cementing the stereotype thank you very much that's all you're doing and the fact that they don't see it is it's mind-boggling to me it's they don't see that just pigeonhole. just be funny just be funny you know and things take time they try to force things you know like latinos try to force some things like with the you know pressing the the raza you need a show for the raza yo whatever the show sucks yo you don't want that you're not ready you know bro. you're not you know you, you you needed a jackie robinson to break the color barrier not you know not some you know <laughs> you need the right guy to do it and uh that 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 the timing is going to be there i think i think for sure the timing is really changing now i think that uh Especially the the you know like my daughter being eighteen and stuff that her generation they don't they don't really pigeonhole themselves they don't really do that so I I think it's a better time for so called diversity I think but I think we can't we can't stand on that whole Latinoism no well, more that's what you're saying as far as like the state of mind is so like 1990s but it's like 2014 yeah you gotta, you gotta like, move, yeah I know, keep I know, up with it I know a lot of Latino comedian that I started with that don't know nothing about the 101 North. No. <laughs> they don't pass the six how about this? Five. How about this for co- comics? Comics that say, they they actually even put on their Facebook or their Twitter, it's, it's a white crowd, wish me luck. What? what, 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 like what is, hood. Yeah. Like it's none. like, what are you talking about? You know? It's like, are you a comic or not? <laughs> wish me luck. <laughs> You're going to kill me, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's true though. Or, or they, they do a Latino night, and it's the same comedians every week. Yeah, well, that happens. I mean, when I started out, it was the same, same comedians. <laughs> it was me, Willie, uh, is uh, Jeff Garcia, Rudy Moreno, Gilbert Escobar. We're you know it was uh, Luke Torres. <laughs> Luke Luke had a lot of yo Luke. When I look at him, bro, that dude had. Heat on him when he was coming up, bro. Didn't say that he's the one that had Mencia, like you know. Like. Yeah, cause cause Luke, good looking cat. I mean, he could sing, he could play the piano, you know. So he was, and he could do impersonations like you do. He do impersonations, and um, and I'm a friend of Luke, so he wouldn't mind me saying this. If it wasn't for this like really horrible divorce, that's kind of what derailed uh, his momentum. Otherwise. Really, man, he was on fire, bro. He said that yeah. he had fools shaking in his boots. Yeah, no, day. because because he there's, could he could act. There's a quick know? little story. Um, supposedly, um, when Richard Pryor was coming back doing stand up, he did uh he did stand up one night. He blew it up at the comedy store, and Richard Pryor went on. He couldn't follow. And then the next day, he seen him across the street at what is now the House of Blues, and he gave him props. Oh, God damn, he was a funny motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how great he was. Like you know, like when he was he was, up on, and before the Latino shit was all blown out of proportion. He was, and then and then uh. The only thing I can point to is that is that 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 you know he had a son and and it and I think his uh, well yeah he wouldn't mind me saying his his wife was an attorney and so it really he was in a tough spot and that whole thing and it took it was a long process that whole it took a toll on him and it really it totally diverted his attentions um, if I can look at any one thing that like a guy that's like oh my god he's right on the cusp of something special happening. Um, yeah, it's t- and I, I'm still friends with him today. Because he was on um, Living Color. Yeah, he was. And he was actually one of the... He was on... Uh, Friday nights at the comedy store every Friday night. Oh, he, he was, was there every weekend. It. Yeah, and he was actually uh, real close to getting SNL, you know, in the in the eight, in the the like early 90s or late 80s, early 90s probably. He was uh, like one more round to go. Uh, he just had to pass Lauren Michaels, uh, executive producer of SNL. And, uh, I mean, he didn't get it, but, like, he got right down to the wire. And just to get that to that at that time, because at that time, you know, there, I don't even think there's been a quote-unquote Latino on on it. Well, yeah, yeah, because Sands, yeah, right Sands, and then and then the the funny dude that's uh, oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot his name. He's a uh, uh, yeah, he's ridiculously funny. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. He's he's so funny. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So it's it. I'm glad that that now that I don't think that stigma is as much there. I just saw this. I just read this whole thing. Annen, the Annenberg USC thing about film and how diversity in film and there's only so much and so much and it's like you can't. Like they had a big thing that there's only five percent of Latinos and this percent of Asians. Yeah, it's like yo, man. There's like we're right across from Paramount. Yo, there's only five studios that make movies. There's only like so many shot collar directors. You just gotta take. It's gonna take time. It's just it's unfortunate, but it's just gonna take time. Another thing too is like as far as Latinos are new to show business. As yeah, as well. Even, bro. But all the work that like you know Desi Arnaz did back in the day with I Love Lucy, yeah, the camera angle and shit, and then it kind of stopped, and yeah. then now it's starting again. Well, Desi produced like twenty six primetime shows. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, he was uh, and uh, Studios. yeah yeah he was. I mean he did everything. Uh, I mean he made up the sitcom really. He it was whole his whole thing. Uh, well, yeah, it's changing. Though. My daughter's at NYU at the Tisch for film and TV. So, I mean, it's 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 gonna. I mean, you're gonna have Latinos that are gonna have uh, that are actually really really trained. 
you know, in that. I mean, as comics, it's different for us. We have, a, you know, but to be on the other side of the camera, um, that's what really is going to change things. You know, you need, you, need, you need green lighters, you know, to do it. Showrunners. <laughs> showrunners. There's only like 30 showrunners. For those of you who don't know what a showrunner is out there, like, what's a showrunner? <laughs> to get a TV show... You cannot get a TV show without what they call a showrunner, which is usually an experienced writer, producer. TV is run by writers, and movies are run by directors, like as far as power play. And uh, there really isn't. And if you are a showrunner, you have your own idea. So why would you take somebody else's idea? You know, like why would like when a comic gets a TV show, it is a big deal because you had to get somebody on board. You had to get many layers on board to get a TV show. So it's like it's like the lottery. Getting on TV, it really is. You gotta, you know, do it. And I've walked away from a lot of stuff, bro, because I, people will say you must be bananas. I go, yo, I can't, man, I can't play that. Is it, was it Rob Schneider had a show a couple years ago, right? Yeah, yo, dog, they wanted me to do to be that cousin, dude. That I, I auditioned for that cousin. Oh, I was like, bro, Twice. I was like, there's no way. And my age is like, you know, Carlos, it's really hard to get auditions. It's a, it's a really it's a trying time. And I said, <laughs> and I said, why would I? Do you know my act? Why would I want? to be that he goes well you know this is a network show it's already it's greenlit and i said no i'm not gonna you know what and i fired around the spot and i said i don't want i go i guarantee you i told her this show will not go past its six episodes i get she goes you must be crazy you got you got rob schneider and i'm like oh watch and of course because it it didn't it didn't click because you know what it's not genuine none of it Dude, they, the girl was like from. You don't think there's some pretty Chicana they could have got as the girl? They they, they had this European actress from Spain to play the wife, and she had an like a Spanish Spaniard accent. Like, are you? What is wrong with you people? A foreigner to play a domestic. Uh, oh my goodness, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's funny how you didn't want to do that. I had a callback for that for no. that role. Me and Joy Medina, when we went to audition for that role, they wanted somebody with a beard, right? And Joy Medina's eight by ten had no he had clean shaved. He borrowed the 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 he he borrowed the girl in the front desk sharpie and drew a beard on an eight by ten. I swear to God, Joy Medina started drawing a beard and a mustache on his eight by ten and turned it in like that. It's Heisenberg. It was, you're gonna see how desperate I am, bro. It looked horrible, man. He looked, he looked when he drew the paint. He redrew it. He looked like Carlitos way now. Uh-huh. <laughs> the casting director. This is the kind of innovative creativeness we need. <laughs> you are, <laughs> this you this is this what we're doing now is the new eight by ten a podcast. This is the new eight by ten for a, comics. He got a callback. <laughs> they wanted to draw. Um, they wanted to draw uh, placards. <laughs> oh. <laughs> is this was police sketch artist. No, for you. He started drawing his face. Yeah, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever told him? You ever thought of going to Cal Arts instead of this? <laughs> that eight by ten was malicious. <laughs> I, dude, that's one of the jokes. When he said that joke, I like. I know that joke, bro. And I was like, Yo, are you five years old? Hey, Did Willie, you get the belt? Now, we know that <laughs> that head trauma was something else, bro. Did a joke, bro? How did they go? It's all, it's some bullshit about he's like a Michael uh, Mike Tyson's at school. Yeah, you know, yeah about the bee. spelling bee. Yeah, yeah. you spell malicious. Yeah, <laughs> or oh, delicious. No, yeah. no, Mike Tyson wrote a book. Oh, he wrote. I- 
A kid's book? No, Michael, Mike, you know, no, the joke goes, Mike Tyson wrote a book. Hey, man, I thought you needed to read a book to write a book. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he's all, oh, yeah, that, that, that joke was malicious. That cookie was malicious. Yeah, oh, saw, yeah, malicious exactly. that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Use malicious in a sentence. Oh, that cookie was malicious. <laughs> 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 Anyway. That's all right. I don't even remember the joke. I just remember that yeah. part, dude. Ernie yeah. G stole it. Eh? Yeah, you better. <laughs> so Ernie we'll- G, the same joke with Ernie G. Give it up for the malicious cookies. <laughs> Give it up for the malicious Latinas, bro. Wow. Hey, wait, there's something funny. Wow. I, remember, I, remember, uh, I need a mic and pom poms. <laughs> Somebody get me a velvet shirt. Dude, I remember when um, Carlo, um, Gabriel Iglesias had a, a Christmas party, and it was a third Christmas party. And by that time, we weren't working anymore, so I was like in my own world, getting getting all fucked up. You were Felipe's world. I was Felipe's world, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, Ernie G hit me up on the phone, and I don't know why I picked it up, but I told him, Ernie G, yeah, man, Gabriel Iglesias is having a Christmas party, man, at the Taste of Texas on the twenty third, seven o'clock. You should be there, dude. He shows up. And, like, nobody really invited him, but I invited him, even though I'm not going to be there. And Rudy Moreno sees him there. Oh, and it was like. Yeah, they had, they had beef. They had beef, right? But I was at home kicking and back. They had like, beef my, at Texas, too. They had but, I was, but I was at home the whole night, knowing that everybody was pissed off that he was there. And I was leaning back on my couch, like Carlo, like. Like Michael Corleone, bro. <laughs> you set it up. <laughs> Michael Corleone at the baptism. <laughs> Those folks like, who invited him, dog? <laughs> he was shaking his butt to everybody, huh? You want to know a funny story? So I'm in New York about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, Gabriel is doing a show at Gotham's. And I was eating at this restaurant nearby Italy, it's called, anyway, in in, uh, in the Flatiron District, New York. Anyway, so I saw Gabriel was at, at, um, at Gotham. So I walked over there. And um, I think I told who's opening for him. Oh my goodness! Martin. Uh, I think Martin was opening for him. So I said, I said, I said, hey, uh, I said, tell tell him uh, that I, that uh, Ernie Ernie G's here to, wants to drop in and say hi. And 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 they go what? He goes just tell him. And dude, that uh, Gabriel was like freaking out. Like what's he doing? So so I go no, I'll wait. So. And you know, Gabe was a nice guy, so he goes, Yeah. So when I walked in instead of Ernie, he goes, You son-. he was so like he was tripping. He goes, I was like, What's this dude doing here in New York? <laughs> so he had he had a little he has a a big per- people that know Ernie, he has a big personality. He's not a bad guy by any means, but his personality is so big that it's sort of it gets in the way of things. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when um I think that that guy um Mercedes, I forgot his John Mercedes. John Mercedes. Back in the day. Came up with the top 50 Latino comedians. Oh, remember how ridiculous that was? But people wanted to be on it, eh? Yeah. Ernie was, yeah. was number 50, and, huh? And I was, no, he wasn't even on it, dude. I was number 50. He was not even on it. He was not on it. I remember. And uh, he, he told me, bro. I gotta get on that list, bro. And he showed up to Latino Laugh Festival on his own. In San Antonio, right? And I said, and I went and I started imitating Casey Kasem. Moving up 10 notches. <laughs> this Ernie week. G with Big Bam Bam. <laughs> <laughs> that was a bit. I remember that. I thought that all that was silly. I really did. I remember that uh, Carlos Mencia was like, 
That he was number two on that list. And who and won? Paul Rodriguez, I right? I think Paul was one, and then George was three or something Joey like Medina that. was like 11? Yeah, something like that. And That, uh, that number was malicious. And uh, <laughs> I was like, I go, this is silly, man. This is like, are you... I mean... Although my wife thinks it sounds arrogant for me to say it's all, it's really the truth. I never went into stand up to like become a stand up. I got out of the Air Force. I studied acting at UCLA. I go, I want to be an actress. Like, yo, it's hard to get a gig. Yo, it's like, oh, so, so naive. I go, oh, you know what? My dad was really funny, man. We're always, I just do stand up and I'll get an agent like that. They'll come up to me. And that's really why I went into it. And it just kind of worked out. So I don't really need that validation from an audience. So I don't have that. I mean, I'm being honest. I don't have that. Pa- I have only have a competitive passion to be the best at night, but on a competitive level, kind of an athletic level. Not so much that whole creative. Because I think once you're funny, you're funny. Like I'm funny. It doesn't matter whether it's if I, whether I make myself laugh or ten thousand people laughing. It's the same thing to me. It doesn't really mean any more to me. So in this game, I see how how important. Like some guys really want to be validated. You know, it's like, are you? Aren't you? Like, there's one comic in our crew i won't mention because then but i remember he said i gotta get funny and i go Tch. in my head i go that's you're done in my head i said you're done because you have to you have to know you're a funny person you can't get funny bro you can't either you can throw 95 miles an hour or you can't that's it you know and so that's why to me when i see i like doing shows sometimes with the young cats coming up because they have a passion for it and uh, mine has always been on a competitive level, just to be the best at night. I wasn't really competing against, like, just myself. You know, that's how it's always been for me. But uh, it's, I can't tell you, it's it's nice to be able to make people laugh and have make a living. I, I always come up with stuff. I was something off the top of my head or whatever. But um, the true reason I got into it was just really to get into into acting, to, to really have a sitcom. Maybe I maybe I'll do one hour like that. I'll do that Jerry Orbach do a, a Law and Order once I'm older forever or something like that. <laughs> But really, I got into it just for the acting. The, the, the stand-up was nothing that was planned at all. At all. So you took acting classes? Yeah, I did. I was t- taking acting classes at, at UCLA. I was non-degree seeking so that I could take just the acting classes. And then I would take... And I was like, yo, man, this is like... I put my... I, they would say... I didn't have my goatee or anything. So people say, well, you know what? And uh, they would say, you don't look Latino enough. You look... Are you Armenian? Are you Greek? <laughs> Are you Italian? <laughs> and look. so, and then I said, oh, well, I said, maybe I'll just do stand-up. And from there, then I just looked at, I looked at Whoopi Goldberg. I looked at Billy Crystal. Eddie Murphy. I go, well, they're stand-ups, and that's how they got. So I'll just do that. I'll just do stand-up. So I know it sounds really stupid because that's, like, one of the most difficult things that people always say. But if you're really funny, like, when you're naturally funny, you kind of just know it. I mean, Felipe is, like... I hear, since I met him, I go, this dude, funny. And I said, to myself, I go, people are going to try to bite off him, but they can't because it's it's him. The way know? he is, opposed yeah, to like exactly. somebody structured and put it mm-hmm. on paper and then exactly. let it go perform It's not a formula. It. Yeah. So that that's a Some guys are a formula, and they try really hard. You they know, try you to knew, fit a, a certain mold and put it together. Because if you're funny, whatever you say yeah. on stage, you already know it's funny. That's yeah. why you say it. You know, you got to fine tune that shit. But yeah, you got funny. you. And there's these little nuances that's fun to play with. Like the best jokes are written on stage. Your best joke will be written. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe it. I just said that's so funny. I just said that. Like, wow, that's a so funny. And you can't. You just you had the idea. You thought you were gonna say it this way, but you said it another way. And it was like, yo, that's mad funny, you know? And it's just the way, the way it works. Some guys, they write hours and hours, bro. It's like, 
Hemingway. They boast. They boast. They boast. <laughs> Too much, dog. They boast how, how committed they are. And it's like, yo, you got a lot of recipes, but you can't cook. That's it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why, why comedians do that, man. They take a, po- a picture of themselves. With In like, a diner. With, well, a picture of the diner with a crumpled up papers. <laughs> hey, do you guys think it's kind of like that Latino dad feeling like, look how hard I work. It's like, you ain't doing shit. No, it's, a, it's the validation. It's a person really? that knows... Okay. That knows deep in their heart, they ain't got the goods, and they're gonna try to convince themselves they got the goods. They know they don't got it. They're like they're like that guy. They're they're like a, a fighter who's like showing look, look how hard I'm training. It's like, yo, you're gonna get knocked out by this cat, bro. He's just better than you. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him, Carlos Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, take, he goes, they, they take pictures of themselves while they're over there dancing, bro. I'm over here grinding, eh? <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, bro, you're avoiding your family. <laughs> you're I know. Home. I hardly ever put stuff on. Like, I'm not. I'm really. I'm horrible at social media. Like, my manager's like, yo, you got to do your Twitter. You got. I can't. I'm not into it. But I do stuff on Facebook. But I always put stuff on my family. I never really promote shows or anything because. I do a lot of corporate shows like, oh, uh, you, what, you stop by at the whatever, the, at the Toyota thing. It can't go, you know, so, it's, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, I can't really. And then I do a lot of shows on cruise lines, too. And the reason I started doing the cruise lines, I'll tell you what. Do you remember when there was, what is it called, the, the 2008 economic, you know, it was horrible, right? The whole economy went. And I kept on getting a lot of work, and I just, like, I kept on pushing the numbers, like, so I was like, yo, man, I got girls, like, in private school. I got mortgage. I got cars. I grew up so poor. Like, when you grow up with, like, you... I remember growing up where there was no food in the house. Like, literally. Like, it's not... not I'm not work. embellishing. Not what like, pastel. none, nothing, okay? Not even a banana peel. Nothing, bro. And and I'd watch TV, yo, and they, they're like, oh, there's the, the commercial for Kit Kat bars or, you know. But they, and I'd go to the refrigerator like an idiot. There's nothing in there. Like, it's not going <laughs> to magically appear. So now that I'm old, it's like, I can't. I can't let my, my girls ever not have, like, and even then, they don't even. I mean, my girls know they have a, you know, they have nice things, but I don't even know that they, they really appreciate you know what I'm saying? But how can they appreciate? I mean, you know, they, um, with they appreciate it, but not like like I do because of what I grew up. So I always I was always like, oh, I want to make sure my girls have the best opportunity, the best education. Like the you know, they've always gone like the top notch schools, not just here in L.A., but the, the schools that my daughters have gone to are always like ranked best in the nation because I really want them to get a great education because. Uh, especially with females, you know, it's a Hell tough yeah. world. You want that, yeah, give them the best opportunity. Um, so that's why, I mean, it seems like I, it's not that I don't care about my career whatsoever. I really do. It's just that I'm, I never, I'm never home. I'm always, so to me, it's just doing the jokes and making sure that my family, you know, gets to the next level. You might, my, my, you know, you going. I think you you going to law school, right? You, yeah. Right where you go? I, I have a year of law school, pretty much. You yeah, stop for a year. So my my wife's gonna go back to law school once our last one's out of high school, and uh, uh, I mean, I, I I told him I said, yo, once all three of you get your degrees. Like I'm chilling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My feet hurt. Carlos is going to be a trust fund dad. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> so when did you start off? You used to live with Dean Austin, Jeff. No, I, I left. I lived with the. I had a place. Let me make it all clear here. 
It was my play. That the number on the name on that lease was Carlos Oscar. That's okay. what's up, man. All right, so let me make that clear. People never so, say that part. So never. Huh? I was working as a physical therapist. That's what I did in the Air Force. Massages? No, no, physical therapist. Well, some involved. I mean, yeah, you know, you do whatever, whatever, mo- whatever modality. Bro. When I, when they take out the picture, man, let me check out that arm. Yeah, let me check out that arm. That was actually one of the the pies that was written for me that I was a uh, uh, like a. Uh, Physical therapist for for a baseball team. That was anyway. So Salvador. So Salvador, un <laughs> curandero. <laughs> anyway, um, so they. So I had this uh, loft in the valley, and it was way too big for me. But I just, I, I again, I grew up. It's that thing of growing up poor. So I just wanted a big place for myself, and so uh, I started. Then I got into comedy. So then Willie moved in. Then Jeff moved in, and. I think Dan and Green stayed with us a couple of times, but I know Dan and Willie lived together for a short time after that. But Willie lived like, he lived with us for like a month and he'd leave for like two weeks and back for a month because he always had his, you know, romantic, uh, you know. Escapades. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, we, we, we did sit around and we used to sit around and write jokes together, but then. Um, I did think that that started to be a bad idea because then I my thing was that then nobody knows everybody starts saying that was my joke, so I just never did it and I stayed quiet and they would ask like why like I wasn't really participating in that because I said no because then it's gonna be everybody starts saying that I really came up with the idea but I came up with the punchline so I just thought that was a bad idea. Yeah, I used to write with people like that and after a while, man, I just stood quiet and if something was funny, I wouldn't say anything, just use it. <laughs> <laughs> for real, like, like, I would, no, for real, like, I would show up to write yeah. with Willie Barsena and then um, Ernie G would show up and then I started noticing that these people would show up and not with blank papers. Not contributing? Yeah. Not one idea, nothing, they're just writing down stuff then he come up with no premises. Yeah, you just have to come up. Like things just hit you. Like I was, I was when I was in New York with my daughter. You know, she's going to film school, and they, I don't know. I think they did a thing on gravity, whatever. And I just said, uh, you know, like funny things just happen. You just say, I think we're having, we're drinking coffee or something. I said, I go, yeah. Did you know Sofia Vergara was supposed to get that role, not not Sandra Bullock? And he goes, she was like, oh my god, what's going to happen? I'm in a space. You know, I mean, that's just a stupid idea, but it's funny. Yeah. You know, so I did it on stage and people think, of, what am I going to do? It's just, it's just, it, things like that happen. You'll just say something funny. So I wrote it down and then I have little things that I always write down all the time when I, when I, my stand-up comes with I see something or I hear something. That's why it's not good to be on the road all the time because you're not really living life. And then all your stories are about the road. And then that becomes a little bit of an issue because it's like, uh, can people really relate to you? And it's not that you have to be relatable, but like how many freaking stories can you say? About towels. Uh, yeah. Like I have a, I did this. Okay. I, there's, when I'm on the, on the cruise ship, there's people travel. So I do like a seven, eight minute travel thing. And I always change it around. And like, and to my, in my head, I'm like, what more can I say more than those seven or eight minutes? And I've, you know, and I'm in the, this, I was in a Atlanta airport. This is funny because it happened. Because I was in Atlanta Airport, I'm sitting there on the tarmac, and I was flying to uh, to Europe. I was doing this cruise ship uh, in Europe, anyway. So, uh, 
So we're sitting at 20, 30 minutes, and the lady's coming on. She goes, uh, the lady, well, the, the flight attendant, goes, um, we can't find the pilot, but I'm sure he'll be here soon. So everybody just uh, please uh, be patient. Anyway, so, and then she came back. We're still looking for the pilot. So then in my head, I start thinking of what she's going to say, which I put it in my act now. She, I go, now I said, she comes away. She goes, you know, we're, we call the cell phone. We can't find him. And we're getting really worried. And I'm like, oh, forget. I'm just going to get my bag. It's not going to happen. And then she comes back frantic. You know what? Um, we're getting really worried. He might be dead. We don't understand. He could have... I mean, he's been really depressed lately. He's been drinking. He's going through a divorce. Oh, here he is. Buckle up. <laughs> so, so, like, to me, that was like... And I said... I, I did it. I mean, I, I that little idea about being stuck on the tarmac, I made that joke up. Because that's how life happens. But that's not always going to happen. So it's important for me to be home as much as possible to be in a store, to be in traffic, to go to school with the girls to see like that's where jokes really happen where living life is where jokes happen because if you're on the road all the time you know it's you can only watch the news so much and you're always topical which is okay but you know doesn't work for everybody's act yeah man <laughs> i'm always writing bro We're always writing always bro. Doing take it, bro. a picture of me doc you know? <laughs> they're over there chasing women bro i'm over here riding bro <laughs> chasing women <laughs> You know, it's funny, that particular person you're talking about, I really don't know anything about their personal life. I mean, not that they should put stuff out there, but Nothing. I'm always concerned, like, is that okay, you know? Because I know that person has uh, children, so you always wonder, you know? I don't know. So, I know, me. like, nothing like that, because I remember um, this person who had a deal with Jay Leno, and then nothing ever happened to the deal, but Jay Leno didn't find out that he was married and had kids, so... Two years later, like, even they were honest. Wow. Even, even in a conversation. Mm. Like, I tell people, man, I have three kids. I don't see them, so what? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not special. <laughs> you have a brother, right? A little brother? Yeah, I have a little stepper. You remember Raul, yeah. Raul. Raul. Only one, I was driving one time. Good-looking cat. And I was kid. in the car with Willie yeah. Barsena. And yeah. just, I don't want to put yeah. stuff that Willie's a bad guy, but... Yeah. Your brother was riding his skateboard, you know, on, um, I think it was on York. I don't know where yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, 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 because he, he lived, yeah. like, in a... The... And then he goes, hey, bro, you know who that is? That's Carlos Oscar's brother, bro. He don't give a fuck about him, man. <laughs> He's over there skateboarding hungry, bro. And, and I'm like, bro, he's a kid, dog. Is he in the middle of the Sahara, well, this, this is funny. This he's is funny. The, he's this Doritos. Is, this is the funny thing that, for, for Willie to, to say that, uh... My he's he works for UPS now. He, well, that was he, no, a long time. Yeah, ago. a long you time were, ago. You were like doing. You were yeah, struggling but, comedians. But he was uh, my uh, my little half brother. Raul was always with me at my house every weekend, bro. To the point where like I didn't want him to just be in the hood, you know. So uh, I think it's just, you know for, even to make that statement is really like crazy because it's like are you out of your mind? The thing is when you have a family. Um, he has another dynamics that situation because my dad and my mom divorced. And then my dad right away had three kids. Uh, and then I lived with my dad. I lived with, uh, Raul was actually, he's like a stepbrother, stepbrother and stepsister. But I always, I always say that they were my brother and sister. And even though, uh, the backstory to that is that th- th- my father left, like when I was in my late twenties, he left and they didn't know where he went and I didn't know where he went and that's when we didn't see each other as much anymore because like I was like there should have been some inkling that he was leaving town and I could have probably talked him out of leaving 
And so I've never seen my father since then. No? No. And, and I know. And I think that they really, I don't hold it against. I forgive everybody that, that's had, uh, I mean, I don't forget, yo, because I'm Puerto Rican. We don't forget. But, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that, that probably could have been staved off had they told me. But they probably wanted my father to leave. And they probably said, no, we tell Carlos. He'll probably work it out so that, his, that he stays. So they didn't do that. And uh, so I never saw him after that. I mean, I, my daughters grew up never knowing their their grandfather. My dad was mad funny, yo. Crazy, crazy talented musician. Extremely violent, but like... He ext- put in a witness protection program. Bro, that <laughs> <Yeah. hard. laughs> he was violent, but he was also uh, <coughs> extremely a good person. Like, my dad would never steal anything or anything, but... Even at five five one fifty, bro, he you know, eso de echar navaja, no old school, bro. Old school, the no, blade. no, yeah, no, no punching, no yo. words, no, no nothing, no nothing. I see, too sorry. Like I remember there was a, a fight. My, my my dad told me a good fight. This is a real sto- real story. My my uncles who were in the mob, right? So we're at a pool hall in New York. This seventies New York. This is Godfather style, right? So they were in a pool hall, and my dad was always a joker. So my dad went into the the bathroom. He turned off the lights in the men's room. Some dude got mad, crazy, pissed off. Turn on the lights, and my dad was flicking the lights, just pissing the person off. He just did it as a joke. So they come out. And the dude is mad crazy. Who turned off the lights? And my and my dad said, I didn't say nothing. I want to see where this is gonna go. So my dad was laughing basically, thought it was a joke. And so my uncle Fano, uh, he said, uh, and my uncle Fano was into bodybuilding before anybody was into bodybuilding. He was like, you know, into it, like in the 70s. Yo, who was into that? Anyway, so he so he said, No, we'll fight. And, and the guy said, and the guy pulled out my uncle, my uncle wanted to fight him, and then the guy pulled out a blade, he pulled out a knife. That's very New York style, right? So my Uncle Fano, he pulls out a knife. And he said, and my uncle takes the knife and he cuts his own forearm till it opens up and bleeds. He goes, he goes, I go, yo soy el primero. He cuts himself. He goes, ahora tú. Like, now I'm going to cut you. And the dude freaked out. My uncle cut himself first. He goes, I'm not afraid. But he cut himself and then went after the dudes. Like, those dudes were nuts, dude. That's why maybe, I mean, my father wasn't. That crazy, but my father was a very. I try not to be. That's why when I get when when I get if I'm pushed to a certain point, I can get a little, you know. But uh, I try not to be. I mean, that's one flaw I never try to show, but it is a flaw. <laughs> unless you're unless you're asking for a check. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? My first my first big big gig that I did was in Bakersfield. And it was, I remember Leonard it was, that, it, was, it, was, it, was I, it might have been, it was a thousand bucks. And they paid you in cash, right? It was back in the day. It's like a thousand bucks. In fact, my, my little stepbrother Raul went with me on that one. So we're driving back, bro. We're driving, we're 30 miles out of Bakersfield. I never got the money because I, I was so excited that I actually got this gig and it went well that I forgot to pick up the money. I had to turn around. The guy says, why are you? Yeah, here's your money. You left without your money. What's wrong with you? I was like, that's how much I really didn't. It wasn't about the money at that time. Now, obviously, unfortunately, you need <laughs> the money. You, you got you got so much. There's so so, so many figures you got to make. You know. So you grew up with brothers and sisters, or did you just have Raul? No, my in my real real family, like when it comes to me, and I mean like blood blood, it's yeah. my older sister who lives in Texas, and uh, we grew up in New York, and uh, and then when we moved out to when I was like a tweener or so, we moved out to Cali. Yeah. Where in Texas, Austin? My sister lives in at Fort Worth, Dallas area. Yeah, I might have met her one. But time. she lost. She lost her. I said. I would say she lost her. Uh, her New York swag, because she she homeschooled her four kids, 
And I go, yo, that's crazy, man. Because you, you, uh, you, uh, your family album is not supposed to be your yearbook. <laughs> you know, have a nice summer. I'll see you every day. <laughs> have, my, have my prom in a living room. Yeah. <laughs> Class clown. Eh? The, 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 the dog is a corsage. Hey, what's up? <laughs> my dad was a janitor. <laughs> my dad always had weird jobs, though, too. He'd always, like, he'd work, like, a place where they... He'd always do pluk. My dad asked, by the way, this is this true. My dad was one, no, two years away from becoming a full on doctor studying in Mexico and he quit. And, and, uh, so he never, he was really, he knew like everything when it came to, to the whole, when it came to, uh, medicine. And, uh, he was a blue collar guy after that and he hated it, yo. He hated it because he would work these like weird jobs, like, yeah, he works at like. Do you, do you make the the shoe the, the the shoes? He goes, well, we don't make the shoes. We make the little plastic tabs on the end of the, and the like these weird weird manufacturing jobs all his life. You know, uh, he worked at a toy shop once. He brings home toys every day, like just crazy stuff. He but was an elf. He was yeah. He was an elf. He worked for the Santa Claus. Santa's helper. <laughs> Santa's little helper. So uh, no, it was. Uh, but education wasn't really pushed with us. Only like we only went to we went to Catholic schools because he was afraid we'd get killed like at the public schools. But it wasn't because he wanted us to get a better education. It was a safety factor. That was the only reason that we went to. And they were cheap back in the day, bro. Schools were cheap now, dude. Oh my goodness, yo! Leg, you do you do the math on today's private schools, especially here in Los Angeles? Psh, forget about it. It's like a waiting list now to get into a magnet class. Yeah, dude. If you st- here's the way it goes: every every school feeds into the next school. So if you start out at the wrong school. Like, your kid won't be at that so-called school. So no. you, you go to that high school, you go, where do those kids come from? This middle school. Where are those middle This school. That, so you got to work your way down. So when you, for those of you who have kids out there, work backwards and f- it, so that you know which feeder school feeds into the next school. Because it's, it's no joke. They, they even interview the parents. Like, oh, you know, it's, it's, oh, no. it's not what it used to be. Like, I know that um, we're trying to get um, our kid in a, in a junior high. And he's already he's barely in fifth grade, and now they start in sixth. <clears throat> when I was in junior high, junior high started in seventh grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you go sixth through eighth. Yeah, I don't like that though. Me neither, man. I you're you're like a little kid. You're a little kid with these big kids. Big not right. kids who shave already. I yeah. Know, huh? This is this not it's not especially in today's world. Those old, those eighth graders are exposed to a lot of stuff, bro. Eat them up. So yeah, like literally. So we're, we're trying to get um um like Isaac in King's Junior High School. Right here, King in Silver Lake, because they have like a video. They have a good game. They have a good. They have a good game. They got. They got profit sharing. They got profit sharing. <laughs> we saw crack on the corner. They have a good drive-by shooting, man. They, they teach you how to aim straight. So you have to. They have to wait now. Like you have to keep reapplying to the junior high, even though you're not old enough to go. But they see that you applied over and over. Yeah, they got to see some consistency. But you know, yeah. I'm gonna get old school, man. I'm gonna just go over there and use my friend's Ivan's mom's address. That's how it goes, yeah. That's how we do it, bro. And, and you know what? They get tricky on that. My my best For friend, reals? yeah. That's what they do. Check this out. They want <laughs> bills and they want lease agreements. Oh. And they want mortgage statements sometimes to make sure because my best friend lives in a gorgeous area, Port Ranch gated community, and he he wanted his son to go to the local school there. But the way it's drawn out, he, his son had to go to another school, and there was no way around it. He's like, so, and my, my, 
my best friend is is pretty well off. So he's like, maybe I'll just rent like an apartment for eight or nine hundred bucks in that, and just leave it there. But my son will get to go to that school. But um, in the end of the day, he didn't do it. But that's how that's how tricky they're getting. Like they re- a lot of people have done that, I guess. So there's a lot of you know. When it comes to the public school systems, I think parents are more aware. They're like, yo, man, I'm yeah. really going to look at this school before I just send them there. Our parents would just send Hell us. Hell no. Know, just, who cares? Por la Roosevelt, ahí van todos. La Irving. Ahí van todos. So, por la Irving, por la Kmart, which is gone now. No, Irving's still there. But but the Kmart isn't. The Kmart's gone. The Kmart's gone. That's our second option for Ike was Irving, uh, Irving because they have a magnet class too. Irving was hardcore back in the day. Hardcore. Dude. Irving, Irving was like. You went there? Did you go there? For a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Irving was... Uh, Hardcore? Yeah. You know who went there, I think? Remember that dude, Rico Suave? Gerardo? I think he went there or he went to Roosevelt in Glendale. Rico. Yeah. Rico Suave. I thought that guy was going to blow up, bro. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, 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 just um, his bandana wearing. <laughs> he actually became like an executive at A&R for like a music label. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. So he's, still, he's you know. Still in the business. Yeah, but, you know, music business, yo. Come on. That's done. That's really. When's the last time you know somebody bought a CD, you know? That's rough. Um, I think at um, Willie Barcena's show. <laughs> oh, you know what? My new oh, like, you'll check. You're like, like this is new technology, yo. You got your your, uh, your show us fiance stuff. manager. So my new my new special come out like next month. Like on I I have a company called Pure Comedy. So this is what I sell now. They're like a card you can subscribe, Felipe, and then you download the special. This, this is a video or just a you, comedy a video or audio. Video. Wow! You download it, bro. <clears throat> we used to. Ha- I used to have one of these, but it was just for audio. No, that's video. I would give them to people, and then they would yeah. download in the back of the card. Yeah, the, the key. Picture. The key is in the back, and so this is awesome. Yeah, it's like, it's like, like for those at home, it's like a credit card with my picture on it, and then on the back, there's in each card has an individual key in the back that you scratch, scratch off, off like a... and then you download it. And what do you sell for? for? Uh, it depends on the market. Okay. If I'm at a corp, I can sell it for bucks. more. If it's at a you know cruise line, if it's if it's if it's here, how about the ice sauce on Wednesday? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can that. You know what? I try never to sell them over what anybody else is selling their stuff for. Because then it, it again, you know, I like it. Yeah, man. yeah. Go ahead. Um, so it's. Uh, I'll give you the info on it. My manager hooked that up, bro. You, it's amazing. When you put it out. It doesn't come out till like next month. Here's okay. the problem with this that. Is cool, man. That's, that's bad, dude. Yeah, I shot just it. Boom. This no year, DVD, no, no DVD, rapper. no nada. You just signed the card. I, I signed the card exactly, bro. I did a I did a uh, big show, a corporate, and I and I signed a a, a bunch of people by, and I said, yo, I was very clear to them. I said, you cannot download it until December, and they said, no, no, we're still gonna buy it. And they bought. I was like, really? So anyway, um, I shot. That this special because I wanted to start like retiring a lot of my stand up and because re- my daughter's getting older and there's a lot of new thing. My wife and I are going to be kind of empty nesters, you know. So, so it's like a whole different experience now and and everything. Even like I talk about getting older, like uh, like I try to stay in the best shape I can, but I know a lot. Like I studied a lot of nutrition and this and that, so I, I know quite a bit. That, that's a good. So I got a lot of stuff to talk about. So I did that special. And like I'm never satisfied with any like I first of all we did it in a in a nice out of nice theater in Colorado but I probably would have liked to have done it just at the Ice House but 
I may shoot something there too because uh, the feel at a theater, I don't know, it's not as intimate, you know? And so I shot it. I, did, I think I did like 90 minutes and they're, they're cutting it right now. They're editing. They don't have to edit too much, I think. But I've never been, I mean, I've only done like five or seriously, in my 20 year stand up career, there's only five or six sets where it was a one minute set or a 90 minute set that I really thought, okay, that went okay. Only like five or six. I've never, never been satisfied with like anything. So I'm like, it's bananas. To, I couldn't see myself. I couldn't even see the the project. I said, you know what? Just make sure the beginning is smooth, the end is smooth, and that's it. I can't, I can't watch myself. So, so uh, people can enjoy, it, but not, not me. <laughs> did you do this all your? <clears throat> excuse me. Did you do this all yourself? You yeah. produced it. You paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. I, because you know what I've never I can't DIY I, I can't I can't wait like for other this bit well look here's how it goes for those of you who are starting out in stand up how come you didn't do it for showtime man <laughs> you know I know there's one is it is it uh, and no disrespect cause, but I think I think Nuvo is doing stuff but I didn't want to get caught up in that it's a Latino thing project yeah I just didn't want to get caught up in that that's the only reason I Like, I didn't really... It has nothing to do with... I'm sure that it probably shot beautifully. Right. But it's I just... I can't get caught... I don't want to get caught up in that. And maybe, maybe I'll rethink. Maybe maybe what I'm saying is wrong. But I just think that that era is gone. I think that that era of really pushing ethnicity is kind of like, you know? I think it should be more organic. It's like, you know, if you're... I, I look at it like sports, man. If you're a great baseball player, you're going to make it to the major leagues. At whatever color you are. It should be that way in Hollywood. Yeah. But obviously, it's a more subjective feel than objective feel. So obviously, we're not going to get that perfect world. But I'm to the point now where, okay, I can accept it. Like, there's been, like, I had a, I'll give you, and you know, I'm going to shout out names. I don't care. It's like, I don't, for me, I don't care. I did, I was like in cahoots for a really good opportunity to get a TV show several years ago with a great uh, producer, but I needed a showrunner. What did we talk about? The showrunner. I couldn't find any showrunner. They were really like, you know, they're doing their own thing. and blah, blah. Anyway, so um, so they got this cat. He's a nice cat. I mean, he's been in the game a long time. Uh, Peter Marietta, right? He writes, he's written all like, like he's, his, most of his fame has been for like the kids' shows. Yeah. But like, you know, we really, he, we didn't connect because he's, He's the so-called go-to Latino writer, but he's really half Latino. And although he might play that card, to me it didn't connect. Because when I talked to him, like, you and me can go back and forth, do a little Spanglish. And you know what I'm saying? This this cat's like, I don't see it. And that's why one, and I think he's used to writing in that uh, sophomoric medium of kids structure. Because everything he's done prime time has never really worked. Because even though it's gotten there, it's gotten on the air. Like there was a show last year, We Are Family or The Family, the fam, something like that. And it had one Latino family. The guy was like a boxer or whatever. That show was so stupid. You see that? I NBC. It. NBC only has six it, episodes. Welcome to the family. I, I did, yeah, I did, I did, I did Welcome the, to the family. I did a little advertisement for and about it was three like weeks, a, and then after that it died. And it was oh, okay. So it was like a white family and a Latino family that kind of mixed. Me, and he, it, their kids are eighteen. Oh, but they're I pregnant. read for that. I okay. read that the exactly. kid finds out. His graduation day at the graduation yeah. day, and I was telling Lisa why they can't do a show without the kid being exactly pregnant. okay. Mira, can he just graduate? So look, so of course, empty nester, uh, 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 empty nester uh, show. Yeah. It, it was yeah. So it was a uh, uh, so it was 
Peter was part of that. And again, he wrote Sons of Tuesday. He wrote everything he writes is just. I don't can. It's not. I'm look. He's a professional writer. He's got a great career. But when it comes to selling that Latinoism, I don't really buy it as authentic. And we're not as galvanized as the black market. You cannot do that. You got to do something that's just funny. That also happens to have Latinos. Once you push that envelope, that you try to put this Latino edge, and then it was so wrong. My daughter saw that show. And she was, like, disgusted, yo, because, first of all, he's 18. Day of graduation, he finds out he's pregnant. And then uh, uh, he's, like, a valedictorian, very smart yeah. kid. And he, he got admitted into USC. But now he can't go to UC. What do you mean now he can't go to That he's going to go to a junior? No, you can't. If you know the college process, you can't just pull out of USC and go to a smaller school, right? Or UCLA, he was whatever yeah. it was. You cannot, do, you cannot do that. You can't go into another smaller four-year university. This is your graduating day. It's May. Sacabo, you're done for the year. You're ready to go. You're ready to go. You want to go to a JC? Do that. That's okay. weird. That's now, true, though. Exactly. So like now, all of a sudden, he has to go to the Ali yeah, Why? You know? But you're going to love this part. It's his graduation day. And the party at the Mexican kid's house, there's a piñata. When the hell do you see a piñata for a graduation party? When you're or, six. Stupid, man. Or another one, too, man, that I always see, like, there's a, there's a Latino party and out of the, nowhere... Five flamenco guitar yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was funny because... <laughs> Just like the Iberian Peninsula. Though. No, all that is... That's like having a Chinese party and all of a sudden there's a dragon with fireworks. <laughs> Samurais and shit. Look, you're good. That's why they push... <laughs> they push it to... So when I see these... Shows, they're not authentic. Mean. They're not authentic and then they wonder why. And, I, hey, this is great. This guy's had this long-standing career. He's the go-to guy. And I'm sure he's great at structure and whatnot. Uh, but, you know, that's not good. You need, look, I know it's a tall order, but you got to have a Seinfeld kind of show. If you really want to cross over Latinos into this yeah. new genre, it's got to be such a great show that people go. I, like the show Blackish, that's a great show. And it doesn't, I know that the title, some people don't understand the title, but the title is that they're blackish, not black, because they're, their kids don't understand color anymore. They're like a new generation. They don't get it. Like, like uh, Anthony Anderson was on a, on a show, and they said that it inspired him to do this show because his son, who is now growing up in a nice house, and Anthony Anderson grew up in a really tough neighborhood in South Central, he says, and that he told his son, hey, who's that white boy you're with? And his son said, who? Well, he goes, why you got to call him white boy? He's just my friend. So he saw, like, yo, this generation of kids, they don't, see that the same and that's why that show is so funny that show is entrenched in it being funny yes it's got it's uh it's it's street cred vibe it has what what would be quote-unquote maybe some black experience but the overall experience of blackish is a funny show it's just a funny show i know like like I, I know that Blackish wouldn't do a scene where Lauren Fishbourne is putting rooster red hot sauce on everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> For real, because if it was a Latino show, it'll be like a guy showing up with tapatio all the time. Come yeah, on, man, eat yeah, tapatio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give him some spice. <laughs> oh yeah, and they don't understand. And like a. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> they just don't. It's because I think the whole perception is that we all like you know, like you said, galvanize the same thing. But dude, we're we not all different shit. We're all we're into all, different types we're of music. We're all different. We're not like we're di- you know. It's almost like the Asian community, Koreans, Chinese, Japanese are very different. Filipinos. It, 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 when it comes to the black community, the 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 atrocities that happened to African Americans in this country. We can't, we don't have that common bond. We don't have that. That's why black people are extremely galvanized from the history and to this day. And it, it, it's a different, we cannot, what we can take is the strengths from what they've overcome. And that would be, let's just, let's just try to be good. That's why I show like blackers. That's why Bill Cosby. That's why, you know, uh, uh, music authentic to your musical roots. Now look at hip hop. You got Iggy, who's a hottest star, and it's it's a, it's a white girl who loves hip hop. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I don't like it when black people get mad that she talks black. Like, Yo, man, this is hip hop. Hip hop came from the Bronx. Well, if you're in the Bronx, bro, Puerto Ricans use the N word, and no black people get offended because we're in the same hood. So uh, give us some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Case in point. <laughs> You're right, though. You're right. Yeah, You're yeah, right. yeah. Because it's a different, it's a different vibe. So, hey, Bobby, I, Bites, I, think, I can't believe this nigga. Here. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta try to find that episode with with his puffy eye. I'm gonna look for it. Dog. Look for it, bro. I think he's got like a yellow shirt or something. And you know, it's funny. Uh, 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 what's her name? She's a comic from Houston. She did. She did, oh my Shayla Rivera. No, 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 no. Black comic from Houston. Uh, she's really funny, man. She had her own show. On on ABC back in the day, man. Thea Vidal. Thea, Thea Vidal said. Thea Vidal. Thea Vidal saw me at a shoot that we did. After that, he goes, he goes, what happened? You had a fight with him? I go, I go, yeah. He goes, he goes, he said he got you good. He goes, but I said, man, he got his eye all puffy and stuff. What do you mean you got him good? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, yeah. So it was, it was, fun. you know, it's funny. We did, uh, 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 did a taping with her at Comedy Central, and we're all doing like I think ten minutes. Ten minutes was like the max, and. She did tw- twenty or thirty minutes, bro. But she, it, she went. They let like she went off. Like it was different because it was uh, it was her set, and they were gonna have like a DVD version. So it was cool. So dude, she went. She's crazy, that lady, man. I don't know if she lives in LA anymore. I think she lives back in Houston, isn't she? I don't know. I've seen her here. Very a funny time. though. Oh, Very funny, hilarious. crazy yeah. funny, man. It's crazy funny. You know, we. we I want to get this out there clear because a lot of people think that. Um, I know my act is like I don't use any profanity in my act or anything like that, but I don't have any zero 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 problem with anybody using that on a show I'm doing. And everybody always thinks that Never, because bro. yo people think people you need to be a wild coyotes, bro. Yeah, yeah like, I remember like, people the show will be filthy, filthy, dirty, and then you go up there, man, and Kill, get on dude. that so that stool like a soldier, <laughs> like for real, like you. Nothing bothered you. You went up there smooth, and and not a lot of people could say that that they went up there and did what you did at Wild Coyote after the a funny guy killed it with all these killers. <laughs> yeah, I was I was always like I remember I was doing a show at a major club in uh, it was, no it was at actually Hermosa Comedy Magic Grape Club that Mike Lace is like the best owner of a club anyway. So well Bob Fisher too. Those guys are two great clubs. So. Yeah, he's he's Jamie's Jamie's a, a person that's hard to. I'll give you a, a bit on Jamie. I said so. I went. I was at the Hermosa, and this uh, a name comic, high profile comic, came up. He goes, "Hey," and I got I got in the green room, and he, I, I he he put his head down. Oh, he went like that, like damn. And I go, "What is that all about?" He goes, and I go, and you know, being myself, yo, what's what? Like I got a little defensive. Like, yo, what's up? Like all of a sudden, I switch gears, and he goes, "No, let me tell you something." He and he pulled me aside. He goes, "No, you don't understand, bro. When you come in here, man, and." 
you know, you do your set and you, you, you know, you, you have like a great spot that it, it makes me think like, oh man, I, I can't go on stage and I, I start thinking about what I'm saying. I shouldn't say this. I shouldn't say that. So he said that me doing a clean set would get in his head because then he felt bad. I said, why? He goes, I don't know. He goes, not just me, dude, other comics. Because then people come up after the show and say, hey, how come you had to say this? That other comic didn't say it. So, so I've gotten that. I thought that was actually a cool, in a, in a kind of a roundaway a compliment in a like sense. props. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it wasn't anything negative. It was something that it was just, he said, was somebody told me that. How can you, get me, how can you be, can be clean like Carlos Oscar? Because, bro, <laughs> somebody touched my penis when I was little. <laughs> 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 it was over. The palatero ruined Shit, it. That was molested. <laughs> that palatero I'm ruined it. The corn man, bro. I can't just go up there and be clean. I'm still bitter. The corn man. I wanted mayonnaise. Yo dije mayonesa. He took another direction with it. That kind of man. got the wrong lotion, dog. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think we should. I don't know how much time we have, but I want to make sure that. There, there is like a, I mean, it's just beyond. There's like a divisiveness though amongst the Latino comics as they came up. Like really, they're really. Well. I thought we had a really. I mean, my, like I'm tight with Rudy and Gilbert, e, like uh, Johnny Sanchez. I haven't seen Johnny in a long time, but uh, I haven't seen anybody in a long time. I'm just out. But uh, but I thought the division started. He's funny because uh, when you got fail, Fel- Carlos, when Felipe mentioned that culture clash, this okay. When you I were did hot co- dog, keep it in real. I, was, I, I didn't calientito. know you personally, but I knew that you were hot because everybody was talking about okay, you. Okay, so this is what happened. So I did, I did, I did a comedy. I mean, I did culture clash. It was like a like my second set doing it anyway. So they had me get there at four o'clock in the afternoon. I didn't go on till 11 p.m. Damn. And I did the wrong sure thing. Was it BT Comic View? <laughs> no. So I didn't drink. I didn't drink enough water. I didn't, as you know, my sugar levels were, I just, you know, and at that time you're still overthinking, you know, because you're going on TV. So I get on stage, yo, and I'm like two minutes into my act and I blank out, yo. Blank. Sacabo. I can't remember my name. And I said to the audience, I said, I'll cut. I go, let's take it from the top. And I told the audience, yo, you're going to have to be the star, so pretend you didn't hear the first two minutes. Because that's from my acting thing. That's where I came from. I went on. We started from the top. Boom. Knocked it out. It was awesome. And then after that, all the comics... How could you have the audacity to stop a show? Who do you think you are? I'm like, well, are you crazy? I said, it's, get, it's taped. It's not live. It's not, I go, it's, I'm the one that's going to air, so why not make it good? And all the dudes from Culture Class said, yo, why don't other comics do that? They come out here, they start flubbing, and then they just keep on going. He goes, that was good. We started from the top, and it was fresh. You know? They must have brought their own tape. You know? <laughs> So, <laughs> but that's smart. That's Dude. very smart for all you young comics. If you're listening right now, Carlos Oscar just gave you the best advice ever. When you're doing a comedy special, Comedy Central special, five minutes set for Laugh Out Loud or whatever taping. If you mumble, start all over. Start. Who cares? Who cares? It's your set, Those and the are, audience will be. A hundred percent behind you. Who cares about what, if they're gonna do extra tape? One yeah. thing that happened on last comic standing, I won't say his name. He was performing on stage. You know, he. This is a competition. 
There was a playoff game going down in the back of the theater. They were, the crew, the oh, grip, they're watching the man. Laker game, and the Lakers had just scored. So there was a reaction from a reaction from Kobe scoring outside that went all the way into the audience. So ah, Lakers scored ah 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 ah. Oh, so by the time he gets to the joke, ah, he paused. And it messed with him. He was up there like an open micro all of a sudden, man. Oh. Last comic standing. So he was like this. Duh, he got stunned. What happened? And then he didn't He didn't jump back, bro. He oh. didn't recover from that. And, of course, the next taping of him by himself, that look he had. And I'm watching going cry. Yeah. Cry. No, you got to be. Look, I'll tell you what. I was on. I was doing a show on a cruise liner when uh, Felipe was on Last Comic Standing, right? And... Uh, so, I if I told my wife because I can't see it. I don't have like you know what I'm saying. So she told me and I was like so freaking happy. And then the year after that, the cruise line that I do is uh, mostly I have an kind of exclusive with it's a Princess Cruise Lines, right? So they had an Entertainer of the Year the year like a couple months after Felipe. They did a Facebook thing and they had, but I was all acts. It was like uh, magicians and bands and whatever. So like three thousand acts, whatever. So they had they picked five. So I was one of the five. And so I had my 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 family. I'm such a I'm such a competitive head, yo. I said I can I can figure this out. So I would mess with the other dudes, like the the Beatle. They were like a Beatle mania. They were like a Beatle thing. They were competing, and they were interviewing us on the ship for news and whatever. And the, they were like all over because they had a big production. This Beatle, they did a huge production. And I'm just gonna be sitting on a stool, right? So when they, they, they so they talked to them, and then when they came to me, I made sure that they were an earshot from hearing me. And I said, "Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna be up there doing, you know, I'm." But I, I go, the difference between me and some of the other performers, like, well, I'm doing my own stuff. It's not like I'm doing Bill Cosby's jokes. Or I'm doing somebody. I'm doing, you know. So I, I, I had to make sure to get them. So I, I wanted ear. Yeah, I wanted to get in their head. And then I saw, I went to their their act just. Pure competitiveness. I saw their act, and I saw how they pimped the crowd. Like, they got the crowd to stand up and, and clap, and then they go, good night, and they left. So they were, that's a false standing O. So I said, okay, I see what they're doing. So I, yo, they, they, when I saw that, I go, I got this in the bag. I'm, I ripped it, and I, and I did different shows. I did, like, three different 45-minute sets, but I did three different, three different 45 sets. So I had people coming back, coming back, coming back to the show. So the last night... Um, the end of the joke, I said, I'm gonna, I'm about to close this out. I was ripping, like, I'm put the cherry on top. So I brought my daughter up on stage for the last joke, and she's beautiful. She's little. Boom, dude. And then I, 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 I won the whole thing, but I did it really from like, you have to be like, like Felipe says, you got it. When you're in a competition, you got to play that sight game too. You can't just rely on being funny. You got to make sure that the other cats feel it, you know? Like when I was on Last Comic Standing, I knew like by the third time I was with this audience, they already knew me. Like I was building fans yeah. with the audience. So I would go up and I would get a standing ovation going up, but I was doing it myself. Yeah. I was psyching them out. I would put my hand up like this and they would rise. Uh-huh. Then I would just tell them to sit down. Yeah. But then I would do my set. That's when Natasha like girl said, did you bring your whole family here? <laughs> no, man. It's, it's called winning the audience over. Yeah. But I want to <laughs> tell her that. I went to go see my my wife uh she took me i mean i'm i'm, I'm into hip-hop but she years ago she we went to go see juan gabriel this is like no so what that dude knows how to pimp a crowd bro so when you see his performance you go this guy knows like how to work a crowd and i really learned a lot from watching 
Juan Gabriel. He knows how to win a crowd over, bro. Just endearing. And uh, you can learn a lot, not even from people that do you, specifically what you do. Any entertainer you can learn something from. The worst thing, the worst thing is when uh, the comics go up there and they, like you said, they, they, something that they know didn't go right, they acknowledge it. Don't. Just keep on going. Just keep on going, man. You know, like you're missing a note on, on a band, right? They say if you miss a note, don't stop. Just keep on playing. Keep playing it, man. <laughs> this, this fool's always said, just keep talking, dog. Just keep talking, bro. They don't know what you're doing up there. <laughs> no, they're freezing and shit. <laughs> so what you got going up next, Carlos Oscar? Any um, more awards you're going to steal? Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want the, the Cruiser Ship Award twice, not just one time, right? Um, no, I want it. I want it. Uh, uh, there was the first time ever that they did it, so I'll always be the first dude that did it, so that's a good thing. But they didn't let me go back, and the other entertainers said it's not fair for me to be able to go back. And you punch them out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> no, they so. Like, they don't like cherries, dog. So anyway, uh, I'm no, I, I mean, I, I'm booked through like next year already, but uh, I'm trying to to lay off from being away so long. So I'm doing, I'm trying to do more corporates. I mean, I'm in town this weekend, so I'll, I'll do a, a small. You should show. start your own podcast, bro. You should, when you're ready, man, have it all things comedy, and just invite people over, man. I should because should. It, <laughs> it'd be fun. It'd be fun. and I, I actually like to go, you know, into New York too and do some stuff out of there, out of New York, because uh, my daughter's heavily involved in. Uh, in the sketch comedy and whatnot in New York now, so that's funny that your daughter's at NYU and I, I know her since she was a little girl. Yeah, <laughs> and that makes me feel good because you said that you know we need Latinos to be involved, not just in the acting part. We have too many of those. We need people behind. <laughs> yeah, we have too many. We need people to behind the scenes, people with money, people actually paying for shows. Yeah, because I remember the biggest complaint was when Paul Rodriguez and George Lopez, from and not from you, from other comedians that I. Yeah. Yeah. with because yeah. I only hung out with comedians that were sad. <laughs> <laughs> so you were happy, so you were not in my level. <laughs> hey, bro, he, that guy he doesn't do nothing for la raza, bro. A lot of a lot of actors, a lot of comedians, they feel so self righteous, bro. Like they they have a welfare mentality. How Rodrigo? Like you're uh, supposed to help them out. It's tough out there, man. Once you're in, you're trying to stay in. You're, not you're trying to, to yeah. You're trying to float. You're trying to float. You're trying to but float. you but you can't do. I think what. What uh, what I, in my opinion, what was what Mr. Lopez did, which was extremely make sure that other Latino comics couldn't even audition for his show. Not that I would want to be on it. I would never. But I thought that that was a little bit when you go out of your way to trip somebody. That's a little that's going out, out of the box. You know, I mean, and they did because he didn't want anybody that was that was you know he's very insecure you know what i'm saying so i mean he you, he knows who he is you know um and one thing i always tell people is like yo he's a you know he made it really big but he he didn't change he was always very distant with people i think so i don't think he changed with fame he's always been very he's very competitive you know but uh i, I didn't i don't see that he owes anybody anything that's for no, sure nothing nobody owes anybody anything but you can't also you can't like you can't you can't trip somebody up if they're coming up that ladder either you know you i mean if you're going out of your way to do that you know i don't know about that either so yeah man yeah him and i were talking like i actually got to talk to him and know him not personally but paul rodriguez too mm -hmm. i got him with paul rodriguez actually um when i'm when i talked to george lopez last year we're we're working on a show for me he actually found me a showrunner. Oh, but well, that yeah. guy was a 
He was on a showrunner. He was a showrunner for Warehouse 101. <laughs> But Mexicans and Warehouse, yeah. so we worked together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the funny thing about George, like, when, when, um, when he had his own show. Did you ever do the show? Lopez tonight? No, 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 no. But I didn't, I had a, I'm telling you, I'm goofy that way. I really didn't want to, I didn't, Step I, had, I had a, some disdain for him because I knew the way he, he, I remember he used to talk so, so much. you're part of his era then? No, he was already very established before I got there because the very first time I met George Lopez, it wasn't a good experience. And I, and so. So uh, you're the guy who punched Mike Robles, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, the guy that so, I'm hosting for. So, uh, you know, that was, uh, yeah. So, no, no, it was actually way before that. Before I, I was like six months into stand up. I'll start but, watching uh, baseball game. But he, he was, he was, you know what? I played in that celebrity game once and he was, he was soon at, the, at Dodger Stadium. At the Hollywood All Star game. Yeah, 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 that. yeah, yeah. At, uh, but at, I just think that that, that opportunity, um, He was real smart about it. When he got that show on, on ABC, my goodness, he was smart about it, bro, because he really, he got all as much, as much uh, organizations to keep that show going. Because, you know, I study, like, television numbers, and his numbers weren't great, but he got them to move him to a Friday night. And Friday night's, like, cush spot, bro. Once you're on Friday, you don't need to get, get big numbers. And that show has been a commodity in syndication, so. Christella is on Friday. Yeah, that's why she doesn't really need big numbers. She can just, she can just float, float there, bro. Man, at the other show, selfie got canceled. Yeah, selfie because that was a Tuesday night. You got that's rough. That's rough waters. Tough, so a Tuesday. What are you thinking? The sitcom show t- Thursday. Thursday. Like if, you're, if you're a Thursday Friends, night show, cheers, yeah. If you're a Thursday taxi. night shows means that's your. I mean, Wednesday night's good. Like you know, like uh, for ABC, Wednesday night would be a good spot. But the NBC made Thursday their spot. You know, at the CBS is trying to do a little bit of that by moving over like, the last year of Two and a Half Men and trying to establish McCarthy's there and whatnot. But um, Uh, Friday night's probably the best night to to not have that pressure. Yeah, like Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, no, Malcolm and Eddie was on Friday. Yeah, and Ma- so was Homeboys in Space. Yeah, well, those were like those were. <laughs> I think those are those were like syndicated. Uh, wasn't that KCOP? Well, with whatever that was, the WCW, WWE, or the other one. I don't know. I think it was UPN. It was UPN. Yeah, remember off the day where Chris Rock had his show. He had a funny joke, man. He said that the. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the and the the New York or the Brooklyn the Brooklyn whatever the Nets the Brooklyn Nets were gonna sw- the New Jersey the he said the Calvin Cavaliers and the New Jersey Nets were gonna swap players <laughs> and he said how is that gonna help any team that's like swapping the cast of Malcolm and Eddie and <laughs> Hobo in space <laughs> so anyway, what, you, what you got you want to tell our our show our guest oh New Year's can they find you at New Year's uh, uh, CarlosOscar.com pure comedy pure comedy com, and then uh, I'm gonna be well. I, I'm gonna do a big New Year's Eve show probably in Chino at at a at like kind of like a, a family friendly. Uh, it'll be in Chino. It'll be advertised. I think I just got the deal yesterday. So I was gonna go out of town, but I'm gonna stay in town for New Year's Eve. So if anybody in that Chino area there, um, it'll be advertised. You guys will know about. Oh, I'll put it on my on my Facebook and stuff. But I I don't. Tw- I'll try to Twitter, but I don't. I can't. I suck at that. Anyway, I'll try to get better at it. Just do it, bro. You write funny stuff. You know, I. Th- Speaking of New Year's Eve, I did an all-family New Year's Eve show one time. I think Gilbert Esquivel hooked it up. I did um, Victory Outreach. Oh, I've done a lot of those, yeah. Um, in, in, um, 
You got a problem? You got a problem with Jesus or what, eh? <laughs> Cholos on megaphones. Oh, that's sad. Cheap. It was a sad New Year's Eve show because everybody was doing testimonies and there was a lot of families there. I remember this girl crying. I remember my mom when she was selling the diaper money oh. for us. And then I'm next, man. How can you follow that? How can you follow that? Wow, man. I don't know if this was about Jesus or a horrible rose for you, Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nobody said nothing good about you. <laughs> a roast. <laughs> An asada. You're always funny, man. To me, you've always been a funny guy off stage. Like, you say one funny stuff about somebody and it just lasts forever. <laughs> like, I remember we did a show one time in San Jose and there were a lot of Mayan dancers. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. No, it was, it, was in, it was in Chicago, uh, Chicago at Northwest University. Northwest University. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were uh, Azteca dancers. They were right? Azteca dancers. This would be Puerto Rican. Give it up for the Masola dance. No, I go, I go. I said, I know, I said, I said, is it Azteca or Manteca? Because they were fat. <laughs> so that's what I said. Is it Azteca or Manteca? I'm going to use that one, bro. <laughs> like, I should be saying Masola. <laughs> it was a fun day. I remember that gig because we, we got lost, I think, going to that show. I remember that night. It was me, you, and, and, uh, and, uh, Yo, oh, and Gabriel. Gabriel. Yes, Gabriel. Yeah. I gotta, and next time I come on, I have a great story about me, you, and Gabriel going up to do a show up north and on the way back down we were we were already far and these cats turned around like 30 miles go back to get this chili fries or something i'll I'll, I'll let you know next time next time (laughs) what's up fool carlos Astro, we're gonna have you back bro as a co-host or something no no bro you're still here respect Respect. 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 Oh man. I love it how you close out the show with a with a little knock it off the park all the time. The baseball swing, yeah. The baseball <laughs> the swing. Baseball swing. I remember bro, I locals you did that. And, I, and then um, and then Larry Olmos has said, watch this. And he was standing next to you. Instead of doing the baseball bat, he was doing a poo stick. <laughs> well, the day I told my wife, I go, the day I, I swing from the left side, because I actually hit left hand, I don't hit right handed. So when I swing from the left side, that'll be the last set. That's when I retire. I'm going to swing from the left side. Like, I will. Hell I left. Yeah. <laughs> Switch hitter, baby. So, man, you're a Yankee fan, man. Hardcore. All we'll right. see what happens. Right, but man. I like the Dodgers too, yo. I, I loved uh, Fernando and Garvey. And Say and Baker. I mean, those are the cats I go. You know, bro, that that ten years together in infield. When it comes to baseball, bro, I could go on forever. So we're gonna be here all night. If we talk baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, man! So, Rodrigo, what you got going up next? Chilling, man. Just fucking chilling. We're gonna take off tomorrow, dude. Yeah, in the day with. Off. Where are you guys going? <laughs> oh, are you going, going on? Our Central California with, next with week. Ma- this Friday we'll be at Holtzville Barbara Worth Resort. It's sold out already. Yeah, it's sold out. Like sold I like out. I like when comics put a uh, come see Latino night. Sold out. Call, uh, inbox me for free tickets. What does that mean? Yeah. Sold out. Inbox me for free tickets. Give me laugh bumps, <laughs> oh man, last refresh show was sold out, man. We gave away too many tickets. <laughs> Guest list, call me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, people. Carlos Oscar, thank you very much, man. You're a legend, we'll dog. See you yeah, next dog. time, man. You're a living legend, bro. <laughs> You're the last of the Mohicans. The last of the Mohicans, Mo- right? <laughs> <laughs> Want 
entertainment designed just for you? Then check out customizable streaming TV from Xfinity. It makes your life simple, easy, awesome. Xfinity gives you customizable streaming TV options. Enjoy the most free shows anywhere on any device and even access your streaming apps right on your TV with X1. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today to learn more. Restrictions apply. 